What's up, guys? John Sintes, Cast Crightload, Cutter Nation Podcast. I don't even know what number we're on. I feel like 53? 53. 52 was, I think 52 was Rue. Yeah, 52 is Rue, 53. Super excited about a couple things coming your guys' way. We actually figured out a great streaming platform to be giving you guys more content um, for the podcast. So, we're going to be reaching out to all kinds of people. We're really excited about this. I already set up uh, Go Catalyst Sports. Um, that was going to be probably the fastest one to get on the books because JT's like, I'm free all of the time, yeah. which is Love just like guys. us. Love those guys. Um, and then my buddy Weston with uh, Mill City Throwing, uh, Minnesota guy, he's going to be on next Wednesday. I reached out to the natural ball player, a.k.a. Cordell Green, a.k.a. the savage human himself. <laughs> and uh, he should be coming. He's getting back to me about when he's going to come on. Uh, I'm excited, though. We've been trying to do this for a long time, and um, it's been a little bit of a pain in the butt, but I think we solved the problem. So thank you to this weird pause in life, <laughs> to to business and everything, that we can catch up on stuff, because that's what we've been doing. Yeah, so today, um, John wanted to talk a little bit about how he would be handling this. I just want to kind of throw off some logistical stuff right away. Um, we've been sending out emails. If you're um, one of the people that receives our emails, um, I just put a link out for driveline baseball's uh, plyo care balls, and they are backed up until, um, yep, May 4th. May the 4th be with you. And um, so I went looking. John brought up Oats Specialties would be a place to look. I went, um, there's a place called BRX Performance in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, um, and their product is fantastic, the same as driveline's ball. The only problem is you just can't buy them individually. Um, so... I'll be following up with that, but the the only place that I know that exists that would be able to fulfill a PlyoCare order would be BRX Performance right now. That's just because I haven't done more homework within that, but I just wanted to clear that up because I sent out that driveline link yesterday. Um, so before John kind of goes into how he would handle this, I'll just say from a product standpoint, that's going to be the probably the most valuable thing that you can have at home is to have some plyo balls with you. Um, for those of you that aren't familiar, those are just the rubber-weighted balls, um, and we use them for patterning and warming up. Um, so this is a great opportunity for us to kind of show you some of the, some of these things that you're being forced to have to do because of where we're at in this world right now, um, and you're a baseball player. Those are a lot of the things that we have been doing already, um, and so I'll leave it at this. One perspective that I think I really appreciated that I don't know that everybody in Southern California could appreciate is uh, when it's snowing, Leon, come here. When it's snowing, you got plyo care balls are the best thing in the world. So Leon, come here. When I first started doing plyo care balls and I was learning what they were, it was completely because I thought I was going to change the world with, with weighted balls and I was going to gain velocity and the patterns were going to be perfect. And the first thing that I was blown away with is I go, this now gives me the ability to tell all of my kids that there's zero excuse for them to not throw when they're not training with us. 100%. So um, that, that's the biggest thing right now is, you know, a lot of people, a lot of baseball players rely on their team practices, their training with their people like Cutter Nation, um, their private instruction, whatever it is, they rely on other people. And now when the world stops – you have to rely on yourself and you have to hold yourself accountable and train in a way where you take responsibility for your future. And that's where I'm going to let it off for John. So John, tell, tell the people 
what are you doing with your time right now? So I want to kind of break this down into age ranges where, you know, I think of things in like the baseball career, maybe separated in two, um, two specific of categories when it comes to age. So I look at like college to pre-college, right? Pretty much everybody that's pre-college, pre-18 is, is in a development side of stuff. So for those people, I think it's a tremendous opportunity for you to get back into your off-season programming as quickly as you can working on what you can, right? So if it's me and let's say I'm still, I have an opportunity to where everything is on pause. That's the way I like to look at it right now is the entire world is on pause right now. The only thing that's really going by that's detrimental is time. Can't get that back. But we keep pushing these things back in the situation. And this is a massive opportunity because if you gave yourself until next March to reach whatever goal you're trying to get to, it starts right now. Um, so I'm looking at that and I'm going, okay, um, you know, back in Florida where I'm from, I had kind of a little bit of a big backyard. Knowing what I know now, I'm, I've utilized that so much more than I did. I don't know why I did, but um, it was mainly just easy throwing in the backyard. But anytime I did some extreme throwing, I, I didn't really have a net or anything there, but I would have gotten a net and then I would have started uh, working on the things that I felt like were important, right? So throwing fitness, throwing volume, and then um, probably would have worked on that to start, worked on timing, and then I probably would have started playing games. One of the things that I like to do when I was rehabbing is I put a ball on a tee, and it gave me an objective to uh, throw the ball at. So I would just try to get really good at see if I'm throwing and see if I could knock the ball off the tee, and then do that with different pitches, and, and really just work on you know the skill of throwing more, even at low effort or high effort. Um, and everything that I've learned now, going back, if I could apply that to my, you know, 17-year-old self, um, no doubt in my mind, I'm throwing 95. I'm not listening to anybody else but myself on what feels good and how to throw the ball and how I'm getting guys out. And I'm going to have fun just trying to strike people out and, and play the game as if it were wiffle ball and not let people hit the ball and just purely dominate the way I play the game. So I think about a couple things. First thing, when you're talking about your backyard, okay, I, I think immediately when you said that, I grew up in the middle of nowhere in, in West Central Minnesota, and we had a softball field on the lake that I grew up on. And um, I, I have thought of this so many times over the last year working with John at Cutter Nation. If somebody would have told me at sixth grade that, hey, just go to that fence down at the field and just start throwing uh, like go throw the ball as hard as you can go pick it up do that 50 100 150 times a couple times a week it would have had the biggest impact on the way that I threw a baseball it, nobody would have had to bend there now i want to also segue that into the grind okay so there's this like okay make sure that you recognize the importance of frequency and volume of throwing okay and so if let's say you did take the last 10, 15 days off, okay, just start throwing today. And if that means 15 throws, whatever. You just have to throw every day as often as you possibly can. Okay, getting a little bit ahead of myself. With the, um, I was going to, I was talking about Grove Lake, I was talking about throwing. Um, oh my goodness, I don't know. I was, I don't know where I I'm wanted to take it. When I talk about in the backyard throwing. I know. Well, okay. So I'll just go to the other part. So when John talked about the gaming part, okay. The, oh, the grind. That's what I was going to say. So the grind, this is, this is so popular. Hashtag grind, no off season. 
And it's like, let's talk about that. The only thing that I um, don't like about the grind is the fact that the best hitters swing effortlessly and the best throwers throw effortlessly. And then we're teaching all of our players to grind. And we got to be careful with that. Okay. And so when, when I, when I watch John throw, he's not grinding, he's ripping it. It's loose. It's fast. It's easy. Now, when he starts grinding, that's when it's not good. Right. And so we don't have to grind when things are going well. We have to grind when things aren't going well. And, um, I I just want to say this. I, I know that, I know that the grind typically renders itself to kids working hard and doing more than they normally would. But my point is this, listen to what he's saying about how to spend that time. We're, we're showing our players how to be more efficient with their time. And this remote stuff is going to be very helpful for you, all of you that want to actually pay attention to what we're saying. Um, because the grind is what's killing a lot of these careers because they're okay with working way too hard and you want to work smart and hard, right? You want to put in the hours. The hard work is, can you throw every day? Can you listen to your arm? Can you shut it down when you don't feel that good, knowing that you have to do it the next day and then the next day and the next day. So at the end of the day, use us to the best of your ability when you are out there grinding so you're not actually grinding and you're starting to do things a lot easier. Totally. And uh, one, one of the things, uh, so one of the other um, aspects that I want to bring up too is, is there's a, uh, I'm seeing a correlation into a lot of these hardships that a lot of these players have because this is not easy to stay focused. So that version of the grind, right? So this time frame to my life, I've already done this. So after I broke my elbow, I had two surgeries. I went to like four different physical therapy centers. I went to like four different pitching coaches to try to help figure out what was happening to my arm. And the more research I started doing, the internet started becoming a little bit more prevalent and I started finding videos. And then I started asking myself questions about some of these athletes that never been on the DL or very frequently on the DL and throwing and stuff like that. And so um, I started looking at these pitchers and I just started going, what's the common denominator? You hear this guy throws you around, you hear this guy throws all the time. Start hearing these stories, right? So when I, by the way, when when I'm coming back and I'm rehabbing like this, I'm not in school. I already graduated. I got a job. I was working physical. I was doing my physical therapy. I was working. I was working out, and I was throwing. So basically, the grind. This was after the sh- surgery. This is after the surgery. I'm yes. home. I have zero people to push me. Okay. So for the record, what I would define the grind for John right now is that window when he quit listening to himself at like 17 or whatever it was yeah. until right now. Yeah. Okay, so John quit grinding when he decided to do it. Now, what he's talking about is the grind that we want. So what he's saying now is the good grind. Yeah, and so this showing up every day in problem solving and looking and being very objective about where I needed to be and how I needed to get there, the, the biggest thing that I could come up with, if anything, was throwing velocity. Anything was like, you got to be a good thrower. you got to be able to throw. you got to be able to throw a baseball. Pitching is a, is, is a strategic game of throwing. That's all it is. There's there's no better way to say it than that because if you cannot throw the ball how you want to throw it, then pitching and sequencing and tunneling and all of the other stuff that, that come into that, they don't matter. But I want can't. a pitcher, John, not a thrower. It's true, but you got to No, learn. it's not. It's, yeah. I'm serious. It's dumb. It's, it's one of those things that take away from the truth. No, I mean, and even that, you could argue that. I could say I want a pitcher, not a thrower, but that you're, you're talking about walking and, and, and running. 
Those are two different concepts right there, right? So if you can't stand in front of somebody and hit them in the chest ten times, why we catch your feet? Yeah, why, yes. why are you trying to throw curveballs and changeups? Right? And that's that's the argument with everybody. Oh, I can't. Uh, it's hard for me to throw. Right? Well, if you can't throw the ball shortstop to first base, how in the world do you think you're going to get on the mound and throw straight? And it's not because you're not spotting up your changeup. It's not because you didn't make that fastball go where you wanted to. It's not because you're not getting to your balance point or you're keeping your weight back or your head back or your hand over the rubber or you're not sticking your front leg and finishing square. That's not it. That's not it. Right? And that's why I call it wiffle ball. Right? And, and uh, one of my – I had this idea the other day. I want to go do this. I'm probably going to do it. Uh, the blitz balls are the most fun thing in the world to me. And I'm, I'm going to go get a couple of these, and we can have some awesome blitz ball games here in the gym, uh, me versus Cass and stuff like that. But what that's teaching these kids to do is what all of us did growing up playing the street. I had kids when I was growing up that I got to play and grow up with. We played tennis ball, baseball. We played rollerblade street hockey. We played football. We played basketball. We played tag. We did everything. There were about 10 of us, right? And we were just five on five and just figured out. Pure Sandlot stuff. Broke so many windows, got so in so much trouble. But like looking at what it was, it was the ability to compete against another kid my age and try to win and beat him, right? So the gamification, the playing the games, the doing the stuff, we're in a weird time of our life and we may not be able to do that ever again. But you know how we can do it? There are ways with like leaderboards and other ways of putting you know information out there. You know, pitch logic has a, is, is is a great product. I keep, you know, um, it's our ability it. to yeah. gamify things that are much more serious on our end, right? So, as a training as a training team, we're trying to figure out how can we trick them into taking this more seriously than they've ever taken anything before, and simultaneously having as much fun about it. And so, the disconnect that we see at the youth level, and honestly, at all levels, is like. We know these things. It's way more fun to train when it's a game, when it's a competition. But then all of a sudden we know these things as adults and then we go coach our little leagues, we coach our high schools, and now it's, it's oh, we got to be disciplined all of the time. And it's like, yeah, that's just not your audience. It's part of it. And discipline is important. But that gamification, this is, I mean, this is it. And, and the way I look at it too is, is, okay, so like this device, for example, right? People don't like velocity and this and that, but let's change it from velocity. Let's let's look at it differently, right? Let's look at Cass Brightlow starts using the pitch logic ball and he's throwing three times a week, working on his stuff, doing recovery, but his medium effort, medium to max effort is two to three times a week, right? With the pitch logic ball, it's gonna track it. Now instead of me telling Cass that you threw the fastest throw you had was 85 miles an hour, you reached level 85 today, Cass. Can you reach level 95? Now, now we talk, we're talking about a whole different thing. Now we're taking the, the leaderboard society that we've all kind of grown up in that I've been totally guilty of in the video game culture and understand, but understand what that does. That's strategy, that's objectiveness, that's data, right? And if we take that strategy and put into it, we can trick, you. even as parents, you can trick your son to be like, cool, you're at level 60, let's get to level 61. And then make sure they understand the level of where they need to get to. Right, I, I would. I can't wait to see as the data goes and as this training stuff goes. We're gonna really start seeing stats before the game of future. Let's say twenty. Let's say everything goes back to normal. Right, you're gonna be able to find out what that pitcher's pull down is, shuffle fire, max velo, max spin is on all the data before this dude gets on the mound. So you can kind of get excited because you can compare yourself to those drills, just like a golfer would. Right, if I know that. 
Trevor Bauer can run and pull down 109 miles an hour and he's 97, well, dang, that gives me a little bit of a chance, right? So then I can start building on these things and then you can compare yourselves to one another and, and, and now it becomes a video game. We, 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 you know, us in the industry, we hear about this guy, this lefty who has this ungodly amount of spin on his curveball and you see the curveball and it's 3,300 RPMs, which I don't know what that means. But you know what I do know is when I look at the numbers, that's the highest up. So cool. So when you watch a video of it, you see how much break it has and it starts making sense, right? So when we, when we put these, these data numbers in a form that athletes can understand, and most athletes grew up playing video games, especially right now, right? If we can just change the conversation to it and make people understand what it really is doing and what the strategy behind the data is, we can make a big, big change in how baseball and popularity, you know, I'm sorry, how popular baseball is and how everything's going. So, so just to give you an idea of the, the way that we're seeing it and, and how we've seen it as it's happening. Um, so we went to ABCA in Nashville this year. This was John's first and my fourth. And I was just talking to, I, I already brought him up, Weston Germain of a Mill City Throwing. I'm like, th- when I was at the convention, I was thinking, oh, this is a reflection of where the industry is going. And I'm like, oh my gosh, but no, it's actually where it's been. So what I'm seeing is that the biggest problem with technology is that the ideas and the numbers that are generated from these are not always coming from people with a baseball mind. Okay. And that's okay. Like what we're just doing the best that we can, but because technology happens so fast, this has been very confusing for a lot of people in the industry at all levels. Okay, so I'm going to lean into the idea that John brought up and just like exploit that a little bit. So in general, okay, I'm, we're not we're not unique in saying this. Everybody in the game of baseball is recognizing that you can't just give somebody numbers and make them better. But to John's point, okay, people haven't been giving anybody any numbers. People are still scared to give them a velocity reading. That's a little bit too far, right? So the pendulum swung from no objective information whatsoever to tons of objective information, but we definitely, we don't necessarily know how to apply it. Okay. Speeding up. So I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb here. This is one of the things that major league baseball is completely missing out on. Okay. Because he already brought it up. If you knew how hard your favorite baseball player did certain drills, okay. Shuffle, whatever it is. And this was something that across the board, everybody did. So let's say, Major League Baseball made it um, readily available for everybody to have. Um, you have to do a shuffle fire. Or you just have to throw a mat, whatever it is. Have that information available for everybody. Because my point is this. I just got done saying most people don't know what to do with the numbers whatsoever. Okay? So Taylor's coming in right now. Yeah. And, uh, Liam's Hold on. We're going to time out for one second. Okay. We'll be right back. All right. We're back. Sorry for the break there. Um, so I was just talking about, um, so I think that Major League Baseball has an opportunity to lean in on its players on so many levels, okay? But specifically on the numbers and the data. For whatever it's worth, we have markerless motion capture video available to us right now. These are, these are not cheap to people like us, but to Major League Baseball organizations, these are readily available. And they are missing out on these opportunities. And that's okay. I don't know all of their motivations. We can't, we can't, right? But we can also look at what would be the best thing for the players, okay? And so if you're looking at the future of baseball and you're considering how is technology going to be integrated into it, it has to be 
um, from the top, right? And so when we see your favorite baseball player on TV and you know what their shuffle fires are, now your youth players have something to aspire to, right? It's not just 90. It's not just 95. And, and, and so, so this is where I'll, 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 I'll lead it into, and this will go into our next podcast, okay? What people do not understand about player development at all levels is that you can give all of the answers away. So if everybody can throw 95 and everybody can stay healthy and everybody's stuff is nasty, there's still a game to be played, okay? And that game is sequencing. And that game is played between the mound and the box. And it doesn't matter if you got Barry Bonds versus Roger Clemens. In fact, if we had a ton of Barry Bonds and a ton of Roger Clemens, hmm, I so wonder what that would do to the game. It would be so much fun. My goodness. Oh. So they're, they're, they're really missing out on this. And, and we are very excited. To, to The next episode is going to be all about pitch sequencing and the game that John Sintas plays that nobody else is playing. Yeah, so don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the channel. Uh, we'll be all over the place. You'll see us put stuff on uh, Instagram. It's the best place to follow us. Uh, if you're not following him on YouTube, I'm going to be organizing mine quite a bit. Um, my, my content on my YouTube channel is a lot from what I did in Minnesota, so it's mainly just a lot of videos. John's is a lot more informative, so make sure you're subscribing to both of ours. But if I had to be biased, I'd say his is ha- his has a ton of content that you're going to be able to use right now. Okay, search Cutter Nation, search Jason Does Thirty Four. I'll make sure that we get cleaned up. Facebook also on there, Twitter, um, anywhere anybody wants to put any questions. We want to open up questions to anybody, um, and we're gonna. If you have suggestions on podcast guests, like we're down. We're gonna. This is the time we're gonna be really trying to reach out, connect with people, and do some cool things. So, we have we have our hats in right now. Well, the more you guys buy our hats, the more we'll get more hats. So it's it's simply just keep on supporting us that way and. Um, yeah, stay tuned. Yeah, hats are ready to ship. We'll get those out as soon as you, you know, you can order on the website, cutternation.net. Also, the remote training that we just launched, too, that we're pretty excited about. And we'll also be putting videos on from there. And we're going to have a nice infrastructure that I'm excited about with that, too. So Yeah, so uh, keep throwing the ball uh, and do all the other things that keep you healthy. I know it's kind of weird right now, but uh, you, you still got to sleep. You still got to work out. And, uh, yeah, here we are. Last thing, you get a $25 rebate from PitchLogic if you use the code CutterNation. So we're trying to help. Um, and we want to see those numbers. So tag us and everything, okay? Appreciate it. See you guys tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe. All right. Peace out. <laughs>